Welcome to a very special episode of Terminal Talk. A very special episode. <laughs> Where we talk about CISPROG, what do you call them, whoopsies? CISPROG, hashtag CISPROG whoopsies. Okay. And we have with us over 60 years experience uh, behind the main terminal. We have, um, what's your name? Steve McGarrell. Oh, Steve McGarrell. Steve, you're like, what, 30 seconds from retirement? Well, I'm about four and a half months away from retirement. Yes, I'm taking advantage of the transition to retirement program, so I'm on a part-time basis right now. Okay, when when are you going to start actually doing the work? I know you're doing uh, <laughs> the, re- the retirement part you've got down pretty oh, well. Okay, that's going to be one of those sessions, huh? Okay. No, I, I now I am allowing myself less time to make errors, such as you know, bringing down the system when you don't want to bring the system down. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. And of course, uh, along with him, we have Neil Shaw, who's uh, who's actually been on the show before. You're the first guest we've had back on. A repeat offender? Yeah, nice. that, that doesn't <laughs> back by popular demand. Oh, no. <laughs> We have a bunch of acronyms we're going to go through. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So we also have a number of comments that were written in by people uh, on Twitter because we put something out uh, a couple of weeks ago asking for your stories. So we thought we'd read through some of those, have you guys comment on them, um, and maybe along the way offer some of the more embarrassing oopsie stories that you guys have. Yeah, because when you get a bunch of people together, no one really cares about, uh, oh, the time something went really really well or i followed the instructions perfectly and everything went great uh if you want people to if you want to get people's attention start out by saying something just went horribly wrong here's how it happened it's true no good stories began with we had this great thing going. <laughs> all the good ones are bad mistakes yeah so we put it out on the twitter we want your uh cisprog horror stories and uh man that thread lit up and we have a Quite a few to read through, read through here. So we'll start with this one from Mark Wilson. Uh, early morning start to implement some changes on a development LPAR. It required an IPL. I didn't realize they moved the consoles over the weekend and IPL production by mistake. So why would that be a bad thing? <laughs> Where do we begin? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, know what system you're on, I guess, is always the first thing. <laughs> always the first thing to do. Yeah. That, that's a recurring theme throughout this. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I think I've had that happen to me a number of times, and it's complicated You know, when you have a single terminal session that you can get multiple systems access from. So it's, it's one thing to be on the right screen. You can be on the right screen, but in the wrong session on that right screen. So it's always important to realize which system you're working on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and there was a follow-up to that. Somebody said, hmm, uh, same, I- same IPL volume unit address, and he clarifies, automation, S, shutdown. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag man down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one we have here is from uh, Brian uh, Hugenbrunch. Uh, he goes, so there's a difference between CP logoff and CP disconnect. Uh, today I learned people will notice when you terminate the main TCP/IP stacks in a v- into a VML par. I can attest to that because <laughs> I've been down that road myself. Um, when you work with ZVM, see, I work with ZOS and ZVM, so I doubled my chances of, of errors. <laughs> so with ZVM, if you're especially if you're running second level and you want to get out of that session, you say CP disconnect, so the second-level system stays up. But if you say CP log off, you're shutting down that second-level system. 
Kaboom. So Neil Ferguson, uh, a big guy from uh, in Share, wrote uh, running a second level ZVM on Mint. Forgot which level I was on and issued a CP shutdown command. Down goes the first level system. Lesson: Run second level system from class G. Pay attention to system ID in the bottom right corner. You know, I've been there too. Uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is, you have to realize you can IPL second level, third level. You can go a, a number of levels down. And when you're running second level, at least most of the time, when you say shut down, it will ZVM will prompt you saying, "Are you sure you want to shut down this second level system?" So you have to read that sometimes because. It may say you're sure you want to shut down your first level system, and you just say yeah, sure, and you hit yes, and you do bring down your first level system. <laughs> so it's always good to know which level you're at at, at that point in time when you should shut down. Well, that's the problem with all those with those prompts because it becomes part of your your muscle memory yep. to just say yeah, yes, yeah, yes, sure, yes, I know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> you figure if I say prompt, okay, it'll tell me do you really want to do this, and you don't really read it because you always want to do it. Of mm-hmm. course, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what does that mean? Um, it's talking about running from a uh, second level from from class G. Well, class G is a, a very limited, uh, yeah, very limited authority or privilege. It's a privilege class under ZVM, so uh, you're only limited to a certain amount of commands, certain number of types of commands. So I imagine with the class G, you probably can't issue a shutdown from that that privilege class. So, yeah. <laughs> Smart move. Yes. Mm. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> you still have time. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of it, though. Okay. Um, we've got Henry Cooper, uh, who wrote, Move Active Jez 2 Proc Lives to Another Volume. Ooh. <laughs> Had that one happen a few times. <laughs> and, and you know, we didn't know that someone did that. You know, one of our storage guys just happened to move, you know, DASD and... Sure enough, we started getting all these admins and, you know, 013 errors. I'm like, what happened? Where, where'd it go? So, yes, Jess does not like when you do that. He's not very happy. And <laughs> hey, we have to do a session on Jez sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the follow-up to that, uh, I had a colleague do that exact thing to alleviate space constraints. It was the proc live that had the IMS procs. Hmm. So space, space was cleared up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Solve that problem. That, yeah, that problem fixed <laughs> And that was Adam Johansson. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to, to, oh, sorry, thinking it was safe to play with CCWs using a mini disk and discovering right home address is still not a good thing to do. I, you know, believe it or not, I don't think I've stumbled down that path. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really familiar with that scenario, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't even know what a CCW is. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, don't don't look at Neil. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I, I well, that's a VM thing, right? Yeah, it is ZVM, but I, I'm not really familiar with that one. Well, either way, I won't do it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the important <laughs> lesson there. Yes. All right. Uh, RackF team reviewed data sets with UAC of read, found sys1.vtam list, set it to UAC of none. Good. Didn't make sure net proc had access. Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next IPL VTAM didn't start. As the VTAM sysprog, I got a 1 a.m. phone call. What did you do to VTAM? Good times. Oh, Good times. boy. Those <laughs> so, are not fun. So what, what happened there? 
Well, if you're in a single system and you know you IPL that system and you, VTAM doesn't come up, you don't really have a way to log on to to fix <laughs> Rack F. So hopefully you have some you know attached consoles where you could log on, or you have another system where you can you know access possibly the Rack F database, but. Yeah, that that that's a that's a tough one. So some some tricks that we've done with that in the past is make the VTAM started task trusted, right? So something like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's that's <laughs> oh that's always a scary one. Those are ones that keep you up at night, right? Someone makes a change like that, and you just don't know. You IPL a system, and you're picking up someone else's change, right? So. Change control, change control, change control. <laughs> and, and when you're a system programmer, single point of failure is not a good concept. Right? <laughs> mm. I once changed the default production flat file data class to have 30 candidate volumes in an effort to reduce space abends. It's amazing how many jobs read in full GDGs. That's from uh, Rich Jackson. Oh. That's an MVS thing, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I read. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have Rich explain himself in his uh... <laughs> uh, accidentally copied an old module instead of zapped module into LPA lib that was not MP friendly. 100% supervisor state at startup of product. Luckily, it was my first month as a sysprog, and it was due to outdated doc. Okay, so copied in the wrong wrong module, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's from Biggie Smalls. Uh, well, Big Indian Smalls. Let's talk live catalog surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you, so you've been there? <laughs> yes, I've been affected. <laughs> yes. I've had parts removed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the catalog's kind of important when you're, yes. when you're trying yeah. to get to files. Yeah, and especially when you do a 3.4 on your high-level qualifier and nothing shows up. <laughs> that is never good. <laughs> Yeah, those 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 are problems happens. Catalogs move and aliases suddenly get lost, right? So, also deleting or editing ISPF members for another user, and that user will never log on again. Right, that's one. Or or removing data sets from the linked list or APF, and realizing after the IPL that nothing works anymore. That's from Anna Shogel. Hashtag coming out. <laughs> you guys never have that problem because you know you're very careful about what you put in the course right i mean a lot of those things you can do dynamically you know with apf lists and link lists but it's always good to make a backup especially in a production environment of you know make backups of everything um, yeah so you do have something to go back to and have a a, a dfsms process in place where you are making volume backups on a nightly basis preferably right right mm-hmm. right you have your safe mode yes yes <laughs> uh also- in safe safe mode Hmm. Also from Anna, long time ago we had a DASD map in an Excel file and everyone was supposed to mark the addresses taken. Of course, there were some thrilling moments when someone would forget to do that and the other person just assumed if it's not taken, it's mine. Hmm. <laughs> I think we've all seen that in, in multi-platforms, whether it's right. ZOS or ZVM. Before you start clobbering something, or like initializing it, you may want to take a look to see if there's anything on there that is of use to somebody and then you know, <laughs> right. verify it. And then you take it, and then they take it back, and then you keep fighting over it yes. for the next few days. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's mine. No, it's I know I, 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 just, I know I put stuff there. What happened? Right, right. 
That works with everything. I mean, DASI addresses, IP addresses, yeah. right, right. names. You, you try to block out, you know, okay, that <laughs> chunk of range of addresses is for that group, right? The next chunk is for a different group. But <laughs> Well, and, and Steve, you have this in spades, right? Because uh, you're always trying to manage the share system. And everybody on that system seems to think that it's really theirs. Right? That, that they do. And they, they seem to think that they can make or ask you to make changes for them two days before a major event <laughs> and that you'll be able to do that in no time and they'll have time to test it. And that's not always the case. What kind so, of jerk would do that? I, 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 Will you stop looking over here? <laughs> it's more than, well, no, it really isn't. I was going to say it's more than two days, but no, it really isn't. The first week on the job is a sysprog. This is going to be a good one. Mm. I worked for hours to create JCL, and some other stuff was running for a software update, and then I accidentally deleted it. Hours of work trashed. That was my lesson in taking backups. That's Bill Seibert. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. Sysprog or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the thing is that JCL is so easy, you know, that... <laughs> Recreating it, I'm sure, was yeah. moments. Moments. Diagnosing an application overlay by setting an S8 slip. Problem was that the overlay was of zeros. I know lots, I know, I know, lots of hits. So I set the slip and then starting to set, uh, so I set the slip and then started setting slips with action equals ignore. One of them hugged the Alpar. I don't remember if it was the ninth or tenth one. Adam Johansson. SA storage alteration slip. Yep. <laughs> and Be careful. A, with an overlay of zeros, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, something's getting overlaid. I assume something's getting overlaid with zeros, and it shouldn't be zeros. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what they were trying to do with action equals ignore, but, you know, something's, something's not happening, and they're just saying, eh, don't worry about it, basically. Ah. Uh. A lot like, no, I won't say that. <laughs> Had a similar one. Set up an IF slip trap with a huge range. System tried to prevent me with a reply like range exceeds safe size, reply OK or cancel. I replied OK. OK. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know There's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to help me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was ZBit31. I like it when they won't use their real name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just using my Reddit handle. It's safer now. <laughs> Oh, I like this one. The command to quiesce a job is reset, not quiesce. <laughs> Which then leads one wondering why there is a quiesce command. Scott Chapman. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, wh why do we even have that lever? That's the <laughs> That's that's like the the nuclear option of a uh, command, right? Well, I always thought that quiesce was just meant for those of us who were testing stuff so that we could sneak onto somebody else's system and stop it so that they couldn't figure out why stuff wasn't working, and we would just sit around and laugh at them. I thought that's what the <laughs> reason for the command was. And that is uh, – that I, all I know about that command is, like, you, you never want to have to use it. it. just It just stops everything, right? Well, it sounds harmless because you're quiescing. You're not halting. You're not stopping. You're quiescing. <laughs> you, you want something to end when everything is finished ahead of that, but that's not always the case. So. <laughs> Yeah, quiesce sounds like a yeah. like a like a a shampoo or something. Yeah, I'm just letting, <laughs> I'm just letting, letting things drain normally. Yeah, right? that's right. See, now Jez two does it right because they tell you they have a catastrophic admin. <laughs> you know, so it's you know the world is coming to an end. So. 
Catastrophic. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Deleted a production spool volume. This is Prog Whoopsie. Alejandra Murray. Ooh. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm getting yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> how do you say that? We've had problems where we've lost a spool volume because of DASD problems. And, yeah, recovery is... There's a bit of a challenge on that one because what happens is, it, depending on you, how your JES configuration is, spool files can actually span multiple volumes. So if you, you know you may lose one volume, but there can be thousands of jobs on that volume just because it's spread across all of them. So, so hmm. if you if you're doing that right, and you have a a bunch of uh, of different volumes involved, losing one does that cause everything to not work, or does it just does it make it look like some things are there and some things aren't? Right. Some or? things will be there, some things are not, depending on where your spool file is. You know, your spool file could be on volume two, but volume one is the one that had the problem. But if you do something called fencing, you can actually say, no, I want to keep all the jobs within one spool volume so they don't span. So it helps in situations like that, but, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you could uh, – it would be harder to figure out, right, if some things are there and some things aren't. And- right, right. So the the drawback is of if you don't do fencing, your volume, your data is spread out more evenly, which is nice, right? But it's spread out. You do fencing, you're more segregated to you know keep certain things on certain volumes, so you won't lose as much data. But when you lose stuff, it's definitely gone. It's definitely gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second one from Jim Tay. Uh, about 10 years ago, we migrated to the RACF Dynamics CDT, and I decided to change all the posit values of the classes to match the main LPAR. At the time, I didn't realize that changing posits meant classes got reset to inactive, so I stopped every kicks region from working. Ooh. <laughs> I can't see why that would I, affect your production work. No. <laughs> and what are posit values? Posit values are identifiers that RACF uses kind of to assign classes. That That's how oh. I think of it. And what's dynamic CDT? Dynamic class descriptor table. So in older releases of RACF, you had a basically a load module or a module that you compile into a load module that listed or you defined all your classes. In later releases of ZOS, they actually have a dynamic way to do that. So that's the dynamic CDT. Let the record show that two in a row now. Yeah. Neil's on fire. Right <laughs> I studied all night. <laughs> I love this one. Didn't happen to me. Sure. But a friend had to bail out the security team after they removed their own permissions to access Rack F. This is another one of those built a house without a door kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Colleague, I PL'd the wrong production system on a weekday at 9 a.m. Noticed it and got it back in minutes before any user complained. Mm, they're that, good. That's a SysProd success story right there. Yeah, yeah. really. That is not they're a good. horror story. <laughs> Although there's that feeling in your stomach, that mm-hmm. oh, shoot mm-hmm. feeling <laughs> when it's like, oh, i got to fix this now. There's a feeling when you hit enter and you just have X system, right? <laughs> after, after issuing a command or doing something... It's X system. Uh oh. How many how many times did it happen just as you were hitting? Yeah, the yes. As your fingers starting to lower, your brain's saying, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" And it's too late. <laughs> or yeah. what possibly could go yeah, wrong yeah. with issuing that command? Right. But there's a, there's definitely a difference between it's almost 
you you know it's the wrong thing to do, but you can't stop yourself. <laughs> As opposed to, I hit this, and I have the X system. Mm-hmm. It's taking way too long for that X system to, to, to clear go it up. away. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I think and then you ask your neighbor, are you hung up on that system? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Which should be followed up by, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> are you, or when you the, the, the same time starts oh, beeping yeah. the same time oh, as yeah. your phone's going off. Right, right. <laughs> A clown deleted thousands of IDs during a cleanup, didn't leave out the batch IDs. Nonstop ABNs had to restore the RACF database. Mm. <laughs> Some backups, 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 yep, right? Yeah. 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 Well, this, uh, that's the important lesson for a lot of these, right? Is yeah. like, I guess I really should have backed that up. Right. right. Yeah. It's backing up data and backing up configuration data sets like ParmLive data sets, members, you know. Yes, I always have a backup. And another thing that's good on both platforms, ZOS and ZVM, is that there is some kind of syntax check you can do if you've updated either a file on ZVM or a member of, of uh, you know, in Parm Library or something, where you can invoke, like, set CP syntax, or there's a syntax checker on ZVM. So once you do something and make that change, and then, you, okay, let me make sure, even though I was removing a couple of comments, that you didn't do something <laughs> you didn't intend to do. So when you invoke that command, I'll tell you, you know, exactly what line... And what the error is. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hmm. And simple things like doing a compare. You know, when you make a change to Parmlight members, do a compare against, you know, your new one versus the, the current one. And make sure all the changes are what you expect, right? So you, you guys have been doing this a, a while. Do you do that? Every time you make a change to Parmlight, do you say, I'll just make sure? Or is that? Oh, I, I, all, every time. Always do a compare. Always. Steve doesn't have that luxury because he's got <laughs> yeah. people paying, paying. Well, I want to change now. <laughs> well, I don't quite have the pressure that Neil does because he's in a, he works in a production environment with a lot more users than I do. I tend to work in a smaller environment where if I make a boo boo, I say, oh, oh well, I'll just IPL. But it's just Frank. Who cares? It's Frank. Happy yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this is a fun one. I, I want you to voice this one. <laughs> Not something I did. Sure, Bill. <laughs> But I was sitting at my desk one day and got the Lightning Bolt 505 on the bottom of my 3270. Oh, now I know why you wanted me to read it. Yeah. So I walked down to the data center floor and through the back door into the machine room. It was silent. So I walk across the console area and everyone stares at me and says, why are you in there? And then they told me the room, the room's full of halon. <laughs> a welder set off the fire alarm and the halon dumped. Well, I didn't die, but three system recovery took a while from that outage. Bill Seibert. <laughs> well, it's it's funny you mention that because uh, a number of years ago in our data center, uh, a mouse got fried inside a, a, a Z box. And it showed out a lot of things, and it brought systems down. And it was just because one little mouse that got into the thing. So, yeah. So it wasn't a bug in a program. It was, yeah, a, it was mouse a, a real mouse. Machine. Yes. And I've heard of people hit accidentally, you know, hitting an EPO button on a raised floor, emergency yeah. power off. The broom handle shut the down. The broom handle yeah. story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It brings everything down. It gets nice and quiet anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> uh, when I was in college, and yes, they did have computers back then, Jeff. Um, after I did one of those, all the EPO buttons had covers on them for some reason after that. <laughs> and then uh, we have a fun fact following this off. Uh, modern replacements of Halon lowers oxygen content below the point that, that sustains flame, 
but supposed to still sustain life. Uh, witnessed a tech walking through a data room after a test dump, striking a lighter to see if he got the mix right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hashtag yikes. <laughs> From Vic Cross. That's, that's a man who's brave. Yeah. Right. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's Darwinism at its best, right there. <laughs> what, what's amazing is if if it was wrong in either direction. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. He must have really had faith in his mixture. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure I would do that. No, I know I wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, once I renamed a data set in use by specifying the volume on 3.4 and ignoring the red block of text. <laughs> <laughs> then I deleted the data set that was in the Steplib concatenation of a few Kix regions that we had to recycle. That's from Z31Vit. Hmm. So that's just a series of, uh, yeah, of whoopsies yeah. right there. Again, the that's... red warning messages are usually a sign that <laughs> something is something is not cool. I, I think when a when a warning message comes up, it should require like two people to turn the key at the same time after <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Go find an adult. Are you sure? Are you sure you're sure? Yeah. <laughs> Is somebody else sure? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe you should ask somebody else to be sure. This would be a good time to ask. <laughs> Is this okay, boss? Was handled uh, was handed outdated documentation and do, didn't double check as we usually do. Reset cleared uh, running production LPAR. Mm. Spiffy DK. <laughs> When in doubt, blame the documentation. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the doc. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I was just following instructions. Just following instructions. instructions. <laughs> Had IPL production. Uh, VMSP, I'm going to ask you what that means. Bin 1980s, I cisgend a CP nucleus with only one half of the... Fret trap. Fret trap installed. All right. CP abends an early IPL. Ouch. Lesson was, always have a backup of old nucleus and the backup before that. It takes a long time to fix without a backup. Simon B. Knights. I would agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. BMSP, that was a while ago, right? Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I don't remember that acronym. I remember seeing it. But I don't remember what it actually means. Is that like Windows XP? (laughs) Well, this was back in the 80s, right? SP, I think, was back in the 80s. We need a a VM guy in here for that. Oh, Here's a a little bit more lyrical, right? A Hmm. long time ago in a machine room far, far away, Hmm. sitting on the floor crying in the darkest hours with an incompatible standalone restore utility to the backup version. The boss had an old tape in his garage. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Crickets. Nothing. I, yeah, yeah, I assume they're trying to restore, right? Do stand on restores, and right. they just had the wrong program, and it wouldn't load. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the boss had an old tape in his garage. That's yeah, like you scary. do. Like you do. We always carry around those. <laughs> Well, plus, as I get older, I find I have more and more senior moments. So I've gotten to the habit many years ago, and Neil does the same thing, of, of pretty much keeping a daily log of just online things that might seem minor at the time, but just something you might have come across that, you know, six months from now, you might say, you know, I think I had that same problem, well, and you can have some that. place to reference <laughs> and, and go see that. As a matter of fact, this morning, I, I, I had a good use of that, where 
I was trying to um, do something with ICSF, crypto, on a ZOS platform. And uh, we had changed hardware, so the crypto cards change. And if you have the passphrase that you used originally, you can recover from it. And fortunately, I had made a note of that. And Otherwise, that would have been a very bad story. That's what the guy I was working with was telling me. <laughs> yeah. Greg Boyd, who's a, you know, oh, pretty yeah. good at RACF and crypto and that kind of thing. And, and a guest on the show. Terminal yes, Talk yes, alumni. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. So, that happened just today. Let's see that. So the last one we have here, uh, another one from Jim Tay. Closing a security loophole. I removed the ACF2 default STCID after checking all the tasks in STSF had an associated ID. Two weeks later, the LPAR was IPL, and we found I'd missed WLM, and we had to hit a wait state, which hung production LPAR, for seven hours Mm -hmm. while we tried to fix it. Hopefully this wasn't for a bank or for a stock exchange (laughs) or something here. Yeah, man, seven hours, long time to be out. Yeah. We'll, we'll just assume, oh, no, production LPAR. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and ACF was security, right? Yeah, right. it's like RACF. So the equivalent of deleting, like, the you know, the, the default RACF started task ID, for example. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, these things happen, and, and you, you try to test as much as you can on a test environment, right? That's one thing we've tried to learn is try to create a viable test system where we can implement changes there before moving to production. So in those cases, do you – because what was interesting about that story is he changed something and everything was still fine for a long time. Right. And it wasn't until they re-IPL. Right. So, so is there a process that you go through? I mean, it's – I make a change and then I re-IPL or – Right. Because I mean, that's for, not that, – you don't do that in 15 minutes, right? Right. For yeah. certain things, you, you know, you need to recycle the task to pick up any access changes. So, but if a change was done, you know, two months ago and there's no change record, here we go, change record again, (laughs) right? right? And, you know, someone's going to IPL a system, they're going to pick up a change that was done months ago. And sometimes it takes a while before you figure out, you know, what change happened on that system if it's been months. Or you made a dynamic change, which fixed the problem, didn't make it persistent. And no one hardened the change. Right. So, yes, yes. With a smaller system that's not a production system, you're not bound by the strict rules of change control. And one of the disadvantages of a small system is you're not bound by the rules. Of change <laughs> <at all. laughs> um, so that people will kind of make changes on their own and not really document it too well. Wh- I don't know. Why are you looking <laughs> at me? <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, so, it, you know, the documentation is always a good thing to have and keeping it up to date. I mean, uh, whether it be a change control process or you have a, a, a Slack channel or a community or, or right. a team room, just documenting as much as you can. Uh, for, like, say, that time in the near future or the distant future when you may be leaving the company <laughs> and you have to pass this on to somebody else, um, it's always good to try to keep your doc out there and up to date as much as possible. And it's, like you said, it's a lot harder for for you trying to herd a set of cats, especially when some of them think they're sysprogs, but that really don't have enough experience. They know maybe five commands and just type <laughs> them in different order. <laughs> and that brings up another good point. Um, there's an acronym we've all heard. I'll shorten it down a little bit. I'll just call it RTM, read the <laughs> manual. Um, it's been expanded in the past, but <laughs> es- es- especially when it comes to commands because you think a command is like a quiesce command or something. It's just going to be a gentle little thing, and when you read into it, you find out it's a lot more powerful than you thought it was. Like on a ZOS platform, if you're going to remove a user, 
uh, you you know, once you know that user's gone and you don't need it anymore, you delete all the user IDs, uh, the, all the data sets associated with that user ID, and then do some RACF work to remove the generic right. profiles, and then you can delete the user ID. On ZVM, it's a little bit different. You um, might, might want to remove it from a user directory, and domain, directory maintenance is the, the, the process you use for keeping your directory up to date. So when you remove somebody, it's best to first remove their links or their disks from the directory before you actually remove them because what you do is when you issue a domain user ID purge, it, it'll take care of the user ID but also purges and wipes out all the mini disks that were associated with it. And those mini disks may have been used by other people, so that can cause you problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I've heard. You were, <laughs> not that you would know anything about no, that, right? No, 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 no. It was okay. like ripped from headlines. <laughs> yeah, not that it happened two weeks ago to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and part of that, right, you can even know a command. Yep. And, and uh, some of the parameters make a big difference okay. oh, in yeah. what happens, right? Yeah. You look up in a manual and you'll see five pages for one command because of all the different parameters associated with that. And some may just be, okay, what would happen if I did this? You know, like a test kind of operand as opposed to, and, and you know, there's all kinds of variations of what you can do with that command. So. Uh, I've, I've now made it a uh, process to read all five pages. Stopping at the uh, page three where I got what I was looking for is not always the right thing to do. Very mm-hmm. true, very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sometimes messages are tough, and Steve, you'll attest to this one, but there's one Jez outstanding reply if you have a typo in the init deck, which we've never done that before, no, right? No, no. no. <laughs> the, the message is something like reply, parameter, statement, cancel, or end. Hmm. One of them, rep- one of them actually brings down Jez. One of them replies cancel to the parameter statement, and, you know, in essence, nullifying the, can- the parameter. Which one's the one to reply? <laughs> well, I don't know. Cancel sounds like a bad thing to do. You're right. <laughs> and, and it's also good, like I mentioned before, like a single point of failure is always a bad thing. So it's good to have access through another means, through a backdoor or uh, through an HMC, a hardware management console, where you can – one of the things I do uh, when I'm having problems bringing up a ZVM system is going to the 3270 integrated console – which is a way of getting in without even having TCPIP available, just in case TCPIP does not come up and you can't log in from a normal uh, 3270 session. So it's always good to have backdoors wherever you can. Right. And I think I talked about it at our last session, You know, having ParmLive on a volume that's shared with other systems, having system data sets that you have access from another system. So if you do have a problem, right, you can get to it from another system. Right, right. Little tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of, what are some of your? Um, well, I don't. I don't want you to be too embarrassed. But what are some of the things that you've done that you you had that feeling as your hand was going down to the inner key? Or? It's probably not a good idea to compress Link Lab. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that once in my early early days. But uh, think of it, all the space you saved. <laughs> yeah. Any time you're dealing with anything in LPA Lab, the APF list or, or Link List. You have to be careful with that because even though a lot of those changes are dynamic, you still have to tread cautiously. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I have an interesting one. So technically, it was a sound sound change, right? So we were at a disaster recovery test, and we had finished the test. Everything went fine, and we wanted to you know save all the spool files and bring it back to our shop and you know look at the output and examine you know things that failed, et cetera. So. 
dumped everything to tape, did a Jazz 2 spool offload to tape. Everything went fine, right? And I was great. And I was happy. Monday came in, you know, went to our test system and restored all the files from spool. I was happy, right? I got tape working. Everything was, you know, got there fine. So I'm just going about my business. And then I just, you know, hear some muttering around and, and people start running around. Oh, no. You know, why is this job running? Why is it trying to delete production <laughs> databases? Why is my kicks region trying to? So, you know, I'm hearing all these stories. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. And you're like, it's man, been glad, like, glad that's not me. It's been like. <laughs> 10 minutes and I just restored spool. wonder why that would be. <laughs> so then I happened to look on the system restored spool and I see all these jobs flying across the NJE lines. Hmm. Start going back up and it's about the time when my spool offload finished. What ended up happening was there are jobs that didn't run in the disaster recovery environment. But when I restored them onto test, rat execute, boom, they just started running on production all over the place. <laughs> so again, technically sound, right? I did every, restored everything. They wanted me to re, you know, dump spool and restore. I sure as heck did that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the next time I had to do that project, I said, okay, I stopped all the job receivers and transmitters on the offload. I drained the NG lines. <laughs> I mean, nothing was leaving that system. <laughs> so yeah, that was a lesson that I had never forgot. <laughs> And the, the thing to remember is most of the people who, you know, share their stories, as well as the, the two gentlemen in here, still have their jobs. <laughs> so you, you yeah, can I, mess up something, <laughs> and you, you get a couple passes. And, but, well, the thing to remember also is that I know they're having a, um, uh, you know, masters of the mainframe and things, and, and those kinds of initiatives these days. But they say to, to have a really good trained ZOS system program, it takes a good seven years. So... Right. And, you know, that just gets magnified by the complexity of your, your environment, too. Right. And I, I hate to say it is that's when you do learn the most, you know, when you do have these type of mistakes or problems. You know? So I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. If everything's going swimmingly um, and everything works fine, what are you really learning? So you really learn to kneecap something really good, and that's <laughs> how you, you know, learn yeah. those things. Experience is what you get when yes. you don't get what you want. Yes. I get it. <laughs> well, very true. Well. <laughs> That's why everyone should work and test. <laughs> it's not until you've seen something fail spe spectacularly yeah. that you uh, well, learn to appreciate to, when things right, work. I hate to say it, yeah. <laughs> well, and you have to learn a lot of different things in order to figure out right. why this thing isn't right. working. Right. Yeah. And right. it makes a good point also with um, people working in test and development environment, they may test the heck out of something, but they may come to Neil and ask them, okay, how's it working in production? Because they, they can't account for all their variables, right? right. Once right. they develop this code and, and ask you to put it in production, it's not until you're out in the real world and with all the complexities and all the users and all the applications and everything that's running that you can really see some stuff that kind of falls through the cracks. Yeah, my, my own, uh, I'll keep it short, uh, Sysprog <laughs> whoopsie story. Uh, I was working in test, and uh, we, we basically had two uh, sets of volumes we would uh, copy the maintenance onto, the even volumes and the odd volumes. And we just called them that just because it was, you know, it could be up, down, left, right, whatever. And I guess I forgot what month it was or something like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I started copying maintenance onto the volumes that the systems were currently running from. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one thing to type, you know, a shutdown and bring everything down mm -hmm. and why are my systems going down. Things started working very bizarrely, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is almost worse, you know. <laughs> right. And you start seeing all these abends are happening. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, why is that? What's going on? Yeah. All I'm doing is copying to the O. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and whether somebody's reporting a problem to you or you're reporting a problem to somebody else in the chain, um, it's always good to have as much information available at hand to pass on to that person, you know, rather than saying, you know, my job stopped running or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can attest to that, yes. right, Neil? Yes. Yes. My job failed. With what? <laughs> How did it yeah. fail? Yeah. It told me something. <laughs> yeah. What? what? I don't know. Something. <laughs> yeah. It was red and flashing. It couldn't uh, have been important. <laughs> that's it. You those those. That's the extent of your. Oh, there's plenty more. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it, a lot we, of it is, you know, a lot of it is the quality of the documentation uh, for a product or an operating system. Um, some are much better than others. Um, I think that over the years, uh, Unix System Services has gotten quite quite good at um, right. telling you exactly, well, pretty close to exactly what you, your problem is and how to correct it. Uh, some, you know, the, the dreaded thing to see when you're looking up something in a manual is to see, you know, contact the system programmer. <laughs> and, you know, you know, like, that's, that's, that's me. You get that, that Spider-Man meme <laughs> pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Yeah, I... Um, I had something to say, and then I lost it. Um, well, while you're thinking of that, you know, things that we've tripped over in the past of data sets in the linked list have gotten gotten into extents, burned us, you know, countless of times, and Steve's nodding his head. Uh, you know, so what we've done is we made conscious efforts to actually have all the data sets in the linked list not have secondary extents, and Health Checker even checks for that. So that way you avoid that problem from happening again. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought up Health Checker because it seems like, you know, there's a lot of work being done to try and keep uh, people's idiocy um, from affecting the system or or their mistakes probably sounds better. Or poor documentation, I think, is the way you mm -hmm. describe it. Uh, it wasn't me. It was the doc, right? So um, would you say that uh, between that and automation, we're getting better mm -hmm. at keeping people from making the kinds of mistakes that, that you're talking I about? I would say better or worse, yes, um, <laughs> because like with auto, auto, you know you mentioned automations and automations is great, and but the thing is that going back many years ago when we first started introducing automations into the operation of ZOS, um, the operators would get a little bit lazy and, and and not know how something works because they were so reliant on automation, mm -hmm. and you know they'd come scrambling to you like this stopped working. Okay, well what was going on? Well we just IPL in the system, you know, and they <laughs> a lot of that's you know transparent to them. I mean sometimes like when you bring up ZVM, there's very few messages. When you bring up ZOS, there's a ton of messages, and sometimes it's hard to keep up with them. It lets you know you know how to narrow it down and where to look and um, so. Uh, a lot of that's education, um, you know. Right. And, and automations, yeah, you know, great, right? We have all the, the shutdown and startup for our ZOS systems completely automated, right? Operators, one one command and the system goes, you know, shuts all, everything is quiesced, right? <laughs> Shut down normally and brought up. The downside is if we have a problem with automations and we need to bring the system up manually for whatever reason, it takes a lot longer because, like we've said, you know, everyone's so used to automations handling all these commands, and these commands sometimes, you know, have seven or eight PARMs next to it. Operators, you know, forget, and we forget to update our documentation and say, in case uh, automations doesn't work, here's all the manual commands that you need to do. So, it sort of sounds like your your job includes a lot of writing. It should. Um, it's always good to document as much as you can, and and a lot of reading, because I think. Uh, most products have gotten pretty pretty good at you know having you like having a kind of a health checker or a syntax checker, just so you can verify things before that you bring them into production. So 
Um, but yeah, it, it, documentation is very, very key, and I think we're all guilty at times of being lazy and, and kind of letting that lapse because a lot of other things going on in your job, your day-to-day, you know, activities and stuff. So um, it's it's you know, if you can keep things up to date, that's great. And you know, reading reading the manuals, but remember, you know, products change, right? Software changes, fixes come out, so they're new enhancements. So th- something that couldn't be dynamic before may now, you know, you may may be able to implement that dynamically. So. So, Neil, you you do this day in and day out on production systems. How do you keep up with all of those changes? <laughs> yeah, that that is tough. Uh, so, me personally, I participate in ESP programs, so I do have access to a lot of the latest code. But other than that, you know, products that I don't do ESPs for, it's really just going out, googling these products, seeing what you know, what's available and what the new features are, you know, in the little changes, the summary of changes in the books. So is that part of your daily routine is to say, oh, okay, um, I really need to keep up with this stuff? Or is it when new releases come out? I mean, how do you, how do you, because it's it's becoming more and more chaotic, right? Before you get a release of ZOS and mm -hmm. that would be it. Right. But now... The way with the new PDF structures and the way stuff is right. coming out. Right. WebSphere, for example, right? There's so many changes with WebSphere. But, yeah, so, it, I mean, it's something that I should go out and, you know, read more often, right? I try to set aside some time on a Friday, right? All right, Friday afternoon, let me just go look at, you know, the latest compiler. What's what's the level? What changes do they have out there? But, you know, <laughs> best means sometimes don't happen, on, especially on a Friday afternoon. See, we, our Friday afternoon is watching Rick and Morty. Maybe that's what we should be doing instead. <laughs> mm. Well, I want to thank you guys very much for, for coming and sharing all the things that Jeff has done wrong. Um, well, thank you for letting <laughs> us bear our souls. <laughs> yes. Awesome. This has been another wonderful episode of Terminal Talk. I have no idea what episode number we're on at this point. Late 30s. <laughs> um, and thank you very much. Well, man, Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.